Hello, and welcome to this week's podcast presented by Freedom Life Church. As we come into 2023, we are taking a focus of abiding. We hope you find today's message uplifting and encouraging as we dive into God's Word together. If you need any information about our church or this message, please go to wearefreedomlife.com. Now let's get right into it. I love the talent that God has given this body and this group of believers. And Here tonight, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I got a word that I really want to move into here tonight. And as we look in to the new year, one of the most important things we have to realize in our life is that there has never been more of a focused individual than the example we have in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus Christ was so focused. He was so aligned with the Father that at 12 years old, he was teaching people in the temple. Something has to give. Something has to happen in the heart where you would look at a a little 12-year-old boy and say, man, he's teaching me something. Something happened there. And the focus came because he was focused on the Father. A lot of our problems often stem from the reality that we we don't have the right focus in our life. And so what I really begin to think about over the last few weeks is I'm like, Lord, as we come out of the season of the holidays and the Christmas, and when I say holidays, I mean it's a lot. It's, it's Thanksgiving, it's Christmas, it's, and we go into the New Year and, and all these things. You know, there's a lot, of, lot that goes on there, but as we come out of Christmas, how do we now set our focus on the New Year? Listen, the call is not to set your focus on the New Year. My friend, the, the, the idea is to set your focus on the Father. Philippians 4.8 tells us something interesting as I talk about a season of focus here tonight. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. In other words, focus on that. Somebody say focus. And so when we say, when we say that we want the things of God but we don't have the time, What you're saying is my focus is elsewhere. Let's be honest, right? What we're saying is I want God, but what I really want is the benefits of having God in my life without the focus of, okay. Is that right? See, today our Heavenly Father invites us to focus on Him for the wisdom and the strength we need to complete the work that is ahead of us. How many know that he has a work for you to do? He has an assignment for you. And some of you are like, oh no, homework. I was never good at homework. It's not about homework. It's about heart work. Heart work. Sometimes heart work is hard work. Because to... Straighten up what is broken in me isn't always easy. But we're created for his pleasure and his purpose. That doesn't mean that he doesn't care about your pleasure and your purpose. 
Are you hearing me? Some people are like, oh, no, if I do the will of the Father, he doesn't really, I'm not going to have fun. I'm not going to have joy in my life. No, let me tell you something. You have more joy than you've ever had when you do this part right. A season of focus. So, as we tick-tock our way to the midnight hour, we think about what's next for me this year. What's going to happen? I love it when, I, when I'm online or something on social media and something says, this new year is going to bring this person and it says something's going to happen. They're like, yeah, right. That'll never happen. Like they took some sort of poll or survey and it says, you're going to buy a car this year. I'm like, yeah, right. I can barely afford the one I have. Right? And so you, you, can, you can shake an eight ball and, and they'll tell you something or you can do this or you could, you could read that or can I tell you something? Nothing comes close to saying, God, what is your focus for me? How should I focus my life? John P. Robinson, often called America's time guru, claims that people today sleep more than they think they do. Now watch this. Come on, give me just a few moments here tonight because what I want to tell you is that he, was, he did a study and he found out that people sleep more than they think they do. And then he says that though they have more leisure time than ever before, they still report feeling stressed, rushed, and crushed for time. Anybody ever felt like that? Stressed, rushed, Crushed. I got revival happening right over here. It's amazing. The Holy Spirit speaking to people. Robinson goes on to say this. He calls the problem, watch this, look at me, overchoice. One word, overchoice. What does that mean? That means I have so many options that I'm afraid of missing out. Some call it FOMO. He calls it overchoice. You know what that means? I have so many options, I don't know which one to pick. Ah! And that's just the lighter way of saying it. I have so many options. What if I miss something? I got to keep scrolling. Because I got to look at everybody else's steak that they had or dinner they prepared, or party that they had that I wish I was at, but I can't because I got kids. Or this, that, and the other, and I can't afford that vacation. Why are they taking pictures by the beach of their toes? I don't need to see your toes. Because we want to look at everybody else's victories, and while we're smiling at their victories, deep down inside we're going, I don't have victory. Because I'm not by the beach. I don't have victory because I'm not smiling like they are with their fiance. I've been married for X amount of years. I don't feel like that anymore. And you could look at everybody's story and everything looks better. Can I tell you something? I think we need to bring it back to focus. What it is that God has for you. Somebody say overchoice. I think there's a lot of overchoice out there. And here's the problem. This can be a distraction to the call of God in your life. Is that true? When you start 
feeling like you're missing out on everything, you know what that does? It turns your focus on that, and what happens is you miss the call of God in your life because you're too busy trying to figure out somebody else's call. Look at me. I need you to understand something. If your identity is defined by activity, then the more we do, the more we are. That's not what God called you to do. If your identity is defined by your activity, in other words, if the way that you look at yourself is, I got to do more so that I can be recognized, then all you're going to be defined is by the things that you do, not who you are. And God is more concerned about who you are than what you do. Because what you do stems from who you are. So God is more concerned with you being a Christian than acting like one. Being more than doing. Does that mean I don't have to do anything for Christ? Then you missed everything I just said. Because what I'm saying is be first. Because be first helps you do second. Now watch this. If Jesus hadn't focused on doing his father's will, he too would have been overwhelmed by life. That's not to say that Jesus wasn't. How many know that Jesus was flesh and bone and he was overwhelmed? At the garden, he was overwhelmed, right? Remember that story? Do I have to read it to you? He was a little overwhelmed. Stuff was going down. Stuff was happening. But instead, Christ personified a focused life. You know why? Because he said, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Why? Because it's not about us. When you enter a season of focus, what you, what you want to do is you want to stop everything that doesn't look like Christ in your life and say, do I need that? Do I need this? Do I need that? So watch this. I have a very important message for you tonight. And here it is. It's not very long, but it's, po- it's pointed right to our hearts. Watch this. John 8, 29 tells us, he who sent me is with me, Jesus said. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do the things that please him. Focused. A season of focus means doing the will of the Father no matter what. See, we live to please him. That's why we have to stop waiting for an audience to recognize us because obedience rarely attracts a crowd. Did you get that? I'm going to say it again for the people in the nosebleed section. Stop waiting for an audience to understand and appreciate you because rarely... Does obedience attract a crowd? When you walk in the will of God, you're not going to get a lot of people going, man, that's a great job. Keep going, buddy. You're not going to get that very often. You'll get a couple of people in the body of Christ when they recognize and you come, you come to a place like this, you're going to find some cheerleaders coming alongside you. You will. But if you're waiting for a large crowd of people, like concert-like? You're gonna, if you try to crowd surf, you will fall flat on your face. 
because they ain't a crowd gathering to tell you how to live for God. They're telling you how you did everything wrong. I remember you from around the way. Don't tell me how to live for Jesus. I remember how you were. I dealt with that. When I got saved and I came to Christ, a lot of my friends was like, you'll be back. And I was like, no, I won't. Watch me. You see, there was a level of focus that needed to happen. So where do we begin? Watch this real quickly. How do I focus on God? Real simple. Here's three things I want to share with you as we enter this new year that I want to give you as uh, a bit of food for thought for the new year. How to focus on God. Number one, godly speech. Say the things that edify God and edify you. Start there because the things that you speak will bring you in that direction. Whether you agree with me or not, listen, I have the microphone and you don't. So I'm going to tell you what I think. Okay? And here's my thought. Your speech matters. How you talk about yourself, how you talk about your spouse, how you talk about your kids, how you talk about your job, how you talk about your finances, how you talk about anything and everything matters because that's the direction your life will head if that's the way you're talking. Godly speech will bring you a certain direction and you have to watch that. John 8 tells us something amazing. He says, who are you, they asked. Just what I have been telling you from the beginning, Jesus replied. I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy and what I have heard from him, I tell the world. You know what they started saying to Jesus? Who are you to tell us these things? And he's like, I'm just telling you what the father told me. Deal with it. It's a really, listen, this is a really intricate passage. And I don't have time to um, break it down too much for you in, in bite-sized pieces. But here's what I'll tell you. There is no verse in the entire New Testament that is quite at this level of difficulty to try to process when you just look at the verse itself. But here's the closest thing I can say to you about this verse. Everything I am saying to you now is only a beginning. Everything I'm telling you now is only the beginning because the Father has more to say. What he's saying is God is not done yet to be continued. So when you mess up next time, here's what I want you to say. Father, forgive me to be continued because God's not done with you. When you mess up, there's got to come a point in your life where you got to say, God, I know you're not done with me, so to be continued, this is only the beginning. Help me to see the big picture in everything that you're doing. His task, Jesus that is, is to communicate the word of the Father to the world. Right? Godly speech will keep us focused on the Lord our God. You see, here's the emphasis that I'm actually not trying to say to you. Don't talk Christianese only. That's not what I'm telling you to do. You know, the, the remnant shall only be passing as we father 
the promises of our life. Don't walk around like that. People are going to think you're crazy. They might lock you up. <laughs> if you start saying things out like, just because you want to sound smart, people are going to say, I don't get it. Why? Why are you? You know, how about you just say, God, help me to carry my speech in a way that would honor you. If you Listen, if you say, I love Jesus, but every other word's a swear word, you have nullified and disagreed and counterfeited your own self. What you have done is countered the opportunity to be witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's be honest. Hello, can I call it like it is? If you, if you say, I love Jesus, I go to church, I do all these things, I follow Jesus, and you, listen, but you swear like crazy, all of a sudden people are going to start going, now, one has to give here. One has to give. Now, I'm not saying you don't slip up if you step on a Lego. You take that to Jesus. Let the Lord deal with your heart. But how many know what I'm talking about? Like if you are strictly like you don't care about your speech, something has to give. They're either going to believe that you are a believer with struggles, but most likely they're going to look at you and go, something's wrong, something's off. What church do you go to? And this is where I tremble. Your speech matters. You know what? John Knox prayed, give me Scotland or I die. You know what he said? He was saying this as he wanted, uh, he wanted the victory. He wanted to take Scotland. He says, give me Scotland or I die. In other words, I, that's my goal. I want to speak it. You, you hear me? You hear me? So watch this. Uh, contemporary Mr. Thompson Smeaton said, I know not if God ever placed a more godly and great spirit in my body so little and frail. Your words matter. Knox cried, give me Scotland or I die, because he wanted Scotland to be one for the Lord Jesus. And I tell you what, right now, not only is godly speech a very important part of your focus, this new year I challenge you to allow godly deeds to be a focus in your life as well. My second thought, godly deeds that please God, the things that please God. John 8, moving along, and we're staying in John 8. John 8, 28 says, Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own but speak just what the Father has taught me. You know what? He doesn't just speak what his Father taught him, but he does what the Father said to do. The one who sent me is with me, and he's not left me alone, for I always, what does it say? Do what pleases him. Godly deeds. You want to start focusing your life? Start doing something for God. You're saying, well, Pastor Tony, I really don't, I really don't have a faith yet. Well, first of all, give your heart to Jesus. Start there. And then begin to say, Lord, change my speech change my deeds. Let me, let me bring honor and glory to your name. Godly deeds. No greater focus of a man than Jesus Christ has ever walked the earth. 
You see, he knew that going to the cross would take his life, and yet he did it anyway. The purpose of Christ on the cross is to reveal who he is and what he is capable of doing. Did you know that when he went to the cross, he didn't make a mistake? Did you know when he went to the cross, he did it for you and for me? He did it so you would have a renewed sense of focus, a purpose in your life. Not just to own a Bible, but to crack it open and read it. Because he says, I am the word of life. And so when we look at godly deeds, there's a lot of things. Make no mistake, godly choices will bring pain to the flesh, but great reward in the spirit. There are times that people will look at you and go, why did you do that? Why did you forgive that person? Why did you talk to them? Everybody knows that they're strange. Everybody in the office don't like them, but you talk to them. Why are you? Because the Lord put them in your heart. And all of a sudden now you're saying they need to know this truth. You know, I, run to, I ran into someone recently that I talked to. And they told me they had a really, they told me what happened in their life this year in 2022. And, uh, My heart broke because it was a series of things, very terrible things that happened. And I won't give the details, but when, when, when she began to list out those things, my heart broke. And I said, you know what? I want you to know something. Hope is available to you. And did you know that in this 30-second time frame that I had, I got a chance to talk to this young lady. In that 30-second window, tears welled up in her eyes. Because I looked at her and I said, I know what it feels like to feel hopeless. And I shared just a small, like, 15 seconds of my testimony. You guys better, you, you better be ready this year to be able to share your testimony because that 15-second window brought tears to her eyes. You know what she said? I, I've tried churches, and I just feel like I don't fit in, like everybody judged me. I said, you need to come to mine. We're not perfect, but we got a bunch of people that know what it's like not to be perfect too. And we want to know Jesus. And I think you'll fit right in. How many know that's true? Is that right? Listen, you got to give people a reason. So all of a sudden, I'm here just trying to buy some stuff for the house. Like I'm in a, I'm in a like supermarket type place. So. And I'm just there trying to get some groceries. But here I am passing out hope. Just a small window God gave me. Why? Because that would please God. That pleases God. So here's what I want to bring to you in this final few moments here that I have. Because um, I was going to go right to midnight, but I decided to cut a little short. I want to give you four quick things that discipleship brings to freedom. Discipleship brings us to four different freedoms. And here they are. I'm going to list them right on the screen here. God desires for you to be free from fear. If you're focused on the Father, he's going to free you from fear. If you focused on the Father, he's going to want to break fears in your life. Give him access to that. Let him break those fears from your life. Why? Because 1 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, sound mind. 
That's what he wants for you. Power, love, and a sound mind. What is a sound mind? A right mind. To be in right mind. In other words, I'm making good decisions. I'm making clear decisions, not foggy ones, not cloudy ones. I want to be a person that walks with power, love, and a focused mind, if we could say that. Freedom from fear and then freedom from self. Many of us recognize that our greatest enemy is our own self. Many cry out, I can't change myself. I have tried. It's impossible. I cannot get and stay on a diet. I cannot stay on that treadmill anymore. I can't live with that person anymore. Whatever it looks like, I can't do it. Can I tell you something? God wants you to understand that the power and presence of Jesus can recreate you right here, right now. He can take you and shape your mind so that you would be free from self because yourself sometimes is the one thing that's stopping you from becoming your godly self. Your earthly self is always fighting your godly self. You with me? If you say amen, I cut the sermon shorter. Do you get what I'm saying? I sold that one pretty good. Third thing, freedom from people. That doesn't mean that you don't have to be around people if I love Jesus. I want to love Jesus now. Keep people away from me, Jesus. That's not what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, yes, yes, I've been waiting for this sermon. God delivered me from people. No, 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 no. <laughs> freedom from the people that are toxic. Freedom from the, the idea that people are who you live for. You live for him, but you serve one another. You don't live for people. I love my wife, but I don't live for her. I love my children, but I don't live for them. I live for the father And he allows me the, the, the opportunity to love my wife as Christ loves the church and love my children and bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. That's what he's called me to do, but I don't live for man to like me. I live for God to accept me, and he already did that. So free and clear. So I don't have to live my life hoping that somebody would like me, and nor do you. Isn't that liberating? Does that help in anybody? This new year, how about 2023 be a year where you don't have to worry about pleasing other people because maybe, just maybe, they might like you and maybe you will be accepted again. You don't have to live like that. Just move on and understand that it is God the one that you should please. So H.G. Wells says that a disciple ceases to care about what people say because he thinks only what God says. That's what matters. So the last thought, here it is. You ready? Free from sin. Sometimes people sin, not because they want to, but because they often feel like they can't help it. They don't have another option. Can I tell you something? The Spirit of God. Look at me. Everyone look at me. The Spirit of God that God put in you can help you overcome sin. You don't have to be who you were in 2022. This can be a season of focus. I want to be a focused individual. 
I'm going to close with this thought, if the media team could help me with the pad here. But real soft, real soft. A.W. Tozer, how many ever heard of A.W. Tozer? An amazing writer. He has some amazing books, real soft, guys. And he wrote, he has, I found this quote that was absolutely, it blew my mind. Are you, can I read it to you? Can I read this quote to you? Because I feel like it speaks to us here today on this beautiful night, Freedom's Eve on New Year's Eve. A.W. Tozer said this. Everybody pay attention to this. Watch. We have gotten accustomed to the blurred puffs of gray fog that pass for doctrine in churches and expect nothing better. For some previously unpeachable sources are now coming vague statements consisting of milky admixture of scripture, science, and human sentiment that is true to none of its ingredients, but each one works to cancel the others out. Listen to me. Little by little, Christians these days are being brainwashed. One evidence is that the increasing numbers of them are becoming ashamed to be found on the side of truth. They say that they believe, but their beliefs have not been, have been diluted as to be impossible for clear definition. Moral power has always accompanied definite beliefs. Great saints have always been dogmatic. We need a return to a gentle dogmatism that smiles while it stands stubborn and firm on the word of God that lives and abides forever. Which is my third point. The way that you can be what God wants you to be is to abide in his word. In fact, tonight I want to tell you that our theme for 2023, and he settled it in my spirit this week, is abide. Abide. This whole year we're going to be looking at how to abide in him more and more in different aspects of that. What A.W. Tozer was saying here is that we have thumbed down and we have, we have watered down the word of God in such a way that we're no longer walking in clarity. We're just getting by on a real soft, non We're getting by on soft words instead of hard truth. And we're okay with that. We're okay with that. Hear me. God is not okay with that. If you want to abide in him, there has to be an element of understanding that the word of God surpasses anything you and I think. Right? The word of God takes precedence. This year, my prayer is that there will be a season of focus. And we would be able to say, you know what, God? I want to take time to pray, fast, believe you for great things. I want to take a moment and remind you that here in January, we're doing 21 days of fasting and prayer. I want to invite you to take a part of that. 
take part of that in the connection desk in the back. Take a morning, an afternoon, or an evening, multiple days if need be, and sign up so that the first 21 days we're just pouring out blessings and prayers for all kinds of different things. Amen? So here's my, my challenge to you. May, may your family, may your home keep focused on God and clearly do what He wants you to do. Amen?